The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. From the smallest cellular structure to the broadest life experiences, every thought, every belief, and every action has the power to transform every aspect of our lives because reality at its core is made manifest through consciousness and its direct connection to the quantum field. It's time to remove the self-imposed boundaries created by your reality and discover practical, everyday tools to transform your life. Now, here is your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. Welcome to Quantum Connection Radio Show. I'm your host, Marina Rose, QDNA, and I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. You have now entered the quantum field of quantum connection, the intracellular holographic matrix where we make the impossible possible, utilizing qDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, which combines the cutting-edge science in epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA reprogramming, and quantum field theory to assist you to achieve quantum growth in health, life, and business. During this show, we explore health, science, and spirit to accelerate your path to extraordinary living with some of the world's most influential thought leaders sharing their insights on how to optimize your health and well-being. Today, our topic is Quantum View of Quantum Economics, Unleashing the Power of an Economics of Consciousness. And our guest is the living godfather of quantum physics, the quantum doctor, the quantum activist, Dr. Amit Goswami. Welcome, Dr. Goswami, and thank you so much for accepting my invitation to be on my show I would like to tell the audience a little bit about you, and this is what I do know about you. You are a theoretical quantum physicist. You are a retired full professor from the University of Oregon's Department of Physics, where you served from 1968 to 1997. You pioneered the new paradigm of science called science within consciousness, an idea that you analyzed and developed in your influential book, The Self-Aware Universe, where you also solved the quantum measurements problem, articulating with clarity and understanding the famous observer effect. You have written several other popular books based on your research on quantum physics and consciousness. In the visionary window, you demonstrated how science and spirituality can be integrated and is integrated. In the physics of the soul, you developed a theory of survival after death and reincarnation. In the quantum doctor, you integrate both 
conventional and alternative medicine. In creative evolution, you offer a brilliant resolution between Darwinism and the intelligent design of life. In God is Not Dead, you demonstrate that not only are science and religion compatible, but that quantum physics actually proves the existence of God. In quantum creativity, think quantum, be creative, you explain all facets of creativity with definition, what quantum thinking entails, and what is required to be creative. You continuously state every human being has creative potential and grasping, and grasping the quantum process is do, be, do, be, do. And that is what will help everyone to explore his or her creative potential. In quantum economics, unleashing the power of economics of consciousness, you focus on critical issues for a new paradigm in economics and business for the 21st century, touching uh, touching upon the stability and sustainability of the economy and leadership, as well as creativity, ethics, and business. In your private life, you are a practitioner of spirituality and transformation. You have appeared in films, What the Bleep Do We Know? and its sequel, Down the Rabbit Hole, as well as the documentaries Dharma Lama, Dalai Lama Renaissance, Crossroad, Labor Pains of a New Worldview, and your own award-winning quantum activist. You are one of the big central influences in the new consciousness movement, bridging science, health, and spirituality, uniting them all as one. To get more information about Dr. Amit Goswami, please go to www.amitgoswami.org. Today's show, again, is about quantum view of quantum economics, unleashing the power of an economics of consciousness. However, Dr. Goswami, before we get started, is there anything that you would like to share about yourself with the audience? And you have to share about yourself with the audience first. First of all, thank you, Marina. And second of all, I think um, talking about quantum economics is very dear to me right now because um, we need a new turn in economics and Whoever is listening, uh, be prepared for some tremendous surprise that we have an economics in place in theory and new avenues for economic expansion in place, virtually in place, although um, it hasn't started on large scale, but in small scale it already has started. And... um, uh, this new economics can uh, provide sustainability, something that everybody talks about, but nobody practices very much. But this is an economics in practice that works. And we'll talk about other things like how to become human capital and, you know, jobs are being taken over by robots, as you know. Many um, uh, many of our human jobs are being taken over by robots and good thing, because they're routine jobs. They don't satisfy So we'll talk about meaningful jobs and how to make jobs meaningful, how to start a meaningful business, and all this in the next hour. Good. You're running the show now, by the sounds (laughs) of it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go for it, Dr. Goswami. Okay, well, that was awesome. 
So I have, I, I invited you as my guest because you are, you, I don't know if you're going to like my description of you, but I love you. And I invited you as my guest because you are a gentle, mischievous, revolutionary, relentless, powerful, renegade, theoretical quantum physicist. You have a heartfelt love and passion and extraordinary compassion for humanity. And I see your mischievousness. So is that okay? Oh, that's wonderful. I like the adjective mischievousness perfectly because, you know, my motto is that um, if you become too serious about what you do, um, you get inflated in your ego. That's right. So um, mischievous puts it perfectly. Yes, good. I didn't want to um, offend you, but you know what? I have to speak my truth, so I'm glad. You are a wonderful frontier scientist, risking it all as you entered the quant- the connected, as you entered and connected in the realm of spirituality, while concisely interpreting the seeming seemingly inexplicable findings of curious experiments and validating intuitions about the existence of a spiritual dimension of life. You invite people to expand their horizons, to live fully in all areas of their lives. Tell our audience about bridging science and spirituality and the reactions you got from people from doing that before we go into your book, please. Oh, great. Great question. Thank you. Uh, first of all, the, uh, one has to understand that quantum physics from the get-go is, um, has been telling us that some seriousness has to be given to what spiritual traditions have been telling us. Namely, uh, quantum physics from the get-go finds that objects are not as they seem to be, but they are waves of possibility. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, the meaning has not been clear immediately, but it has been clear for some decades now. What it means is that there is two domains of reality. There's a domain of potentiality where this, all objects are possibility waves. And then there is the space-time domain of reality. How do you distinguish between the domain of potentiality and space-time? Well, that's what the breakthrough is. Breakthrough experiments starting with 1982 with Alan Aspey shows that there is a distinction. In space and time, it takes signals to communicate. Signals move with a finite velocity, and therefore it takes a finite time for you and me or anybody else or two objects to communicate. But in the domain of potentiality, communication is signalless and instantaneous. It takes no time at all to communicate. Now, some listeners will be familiar with the phenomenon of telepathy. That's an example of instant communication through this domain of potentiality. And, of course, communication with signals is familiar to everybody because we are doing it right now, you and I and the listeners. So that's no stranger. So what does it mean to have another domain of reality? This is where you really have to listen closely. This domain is all one thing. There is no signal needed to communicate. That means that this is just one thing. You, if you are one thing, that you, know, you don't need to communicate any time to communicate with yourself. It's instantaneous. And that's what this domain is about. It's oneness of everything. In this domain, everything is one. 
just as spiritual traditions tell us. And therefore, science and spirituality can, 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 can be compatible. Therefore, science and spirituality can even be put together and integrated. And, and that is what actually the uh, quantum worldview, new worldview is suggesting. Without any doubt, and experimentally verified, that there are two domains of reality. In one domain, we are separate, but in the domain of potentiality, we are all connected, just as the spiritual traditions are saying. More, because from this domain of potentiality, there indeed is an interaction that does come to us in the domain of actuality, where we are separate. And therefore, if you want to call this domain of unity as God, then God does interact with human beings. It's not a lie that religions have been telling us. And how that is? Well, it's not a God separate from you or me. It's a God that lies within, at a deeper level of our own consciousness. And this is what we have to recognize. Quantum physics says that this God, this unity consciousness, is the place where our freedom of choice lies. It is we that choose our destiny. It is we that create our reality, but at a deeper level of consciousness than our ego. So the whole message of spiritual traditions, which has always been, leave the ego behind and find that deeper level of consciousness where you are free, that is the correct message of spirituality. All religions compromise this message a little bit, and they are, of course, they are wrong, and science has been right in calling the wrongness into our attention, but the essence of spiritual tradition, the idea that indeed spirituality is the way to our freedom, that essence is correct. Right. So what I'm hearing is you didn't really get too much of a wild reaction as you went into bridging science and spirituality. Is that correct? From no, your- that is not quite correct either. But okay, I'll so tell me the way. reactions. You're almost right. Let's put it this way. There was no um, vitriolic reaction because uh, the establishment sort of decided to regard me as a sort of subject of benign neglect. If they ignore me, then my message will not get attention. That was the kind of belief. And therefore, attention to my work came very slowly. You know, this work I started and published as a book in Self-World Universe in the 1990s. Mm. That was 1993. And that was 22 years ago. And, and considering the importance of this book, um, you have to say that I'm not really very well known even today. Wow, Dr. Goswami, that saddens me because you are just so amazing. And I was just curious how people reacted. Well, I tell you what. I will do everything in my power, and I believe everyone else that believes in quantum physics will do everything in their power to get you out there and get that recognition that you deserve because you are amazing. You it's really are. To me, that I want, Marina, what I want is for people to wake up to the quantum worldview. Because well, here we're is going to. That can change everything about the human being, all of our, solve all of our problems, and we are not doing it because of inadequate uh, communication. Well, we're going to get there. Let me just tell you this. When I read your book, The Quantum View of uh, Quantum Economics, this is what I felt that I got. And I might be wrong, so you just let me know. And this is just the feeling. And this is what I wrote, you know, for the radio show. Quantum creativity, 
created quantum interference and synchronicity in the quantum realm to lasso and ensure that you, Dr. Goswami, took the Dalai Lama's request to heart from the conference that you attended with him back in 1999, when the Dalai Lama challenged all the scientists in attendance to use science for social problems. Tell us what it was like being asked by the Dalai Lama to use science for solving social problems. And let me know if it just felt there was so much interference and you kind of confirmed it a little bit ago what happened when, you know, in your, as a, a theoretical quantum physicist. So just let me know, is that kind of correct, what I felt? Yes, indeed. That okay, is the, good. That is, that is not only correct, but to the heart of the problem that uh, scientists um, uh, face because you know, we are supposed to do science and then we are not supposed to engage with social problems because we live in the ivory tower, we don't know about social problems and so forth. Mm -hmm. And here was Dalai Lama squarely saying that, look, until unless you uh, start paying attention to social problems and show the relevance of the science that you do to the society, why should society care about, care about your work? Mm. So ever since that conference, I have been uh, really been involved into all the controversial problems, worldview problems, um, even serious problems like healthcare, creativity, and economics. Mm. Uh, you know, that has been my dedication ever since that conference with Dalai Lama. Great. You mentioned you were inspired to look in economics and you got sidetracked with the social problems. And this, thank God, is when we got divine intervention intercepted with Ronaldo Brutucco. I believe that's how you pronounce his name, Brutucco? Uh-huh. Okay, good, because I'm Italian. So I just, yeah, anyway, forget it. That's it. Whatever. A success, and he's a successful entrepreneur, executive and futurist and founder of the CEO of the World Business Academy. He asked you to write an article on the new paradigm of economic thinking, which is the basis of your book. It seemed to me that the quantum gods won and finally the mission was accomplished because you intricately wove both subjects, social problems and quantum and economics together in this book where you talk about quantum worldview. See, I told you I'd get there. And how to enable us not to get stuck in a faulty, unworkable situation, elitism and outdated worldview. Now, I promise there's a question coming. It's on its way. Can you elaborate on being perfectly and momentarily sidetracked and then being brought back on point in the most perfect timing so everyone now, today, would be really ready to hear what you have to say? And there's one second part to that question. And please talk about not being stuck in a faulty, unworkable situation, elitism, and outdated worldview. There you go. Okay. So, uh, first of all, the um, sidetracking. I was sidetracked by two very important problems. So, one mm -hmm. was the uh, problem of healthcare. Uh, quantum doctor is the result of that side tracking and it integrated conventional and alternative medicine. So uh, it, it, it was good. It was good and very necessary to do. And um, I must say that I'm very grateful for the attention the book has gotten and it is, it is getting more and more attention as time goes. So, so that book was, was, a, was a very timely uh, thing for, 
for me to do. The other one um, was creative evolution. I really felt that uh, Darwinism needs a division and needs a division on the basis of the simple fact that the quantum worldview is the source of real science because this is the right worldview. Darwinism was based on Newtonian worldview. So it has to be modified. There's no question about it. In which direction should it be modified? Darwin himself knew. If you read Darwin thoroughly, not just his famous book, Origin of Species, but if you read his other works, you find constantly that Darwin was very sad that he could never include purpose in the theory of evolution. So I included purpose. Quantum worldview allowed me to include purpose and I developed a evolutionary theory based on the primacy of consciousness. So it's a perfect extension of Darwin's theory. It completes Darwin's theory. Um, but, you know, the biology establishment is so firmly grounded in Darwinism that that book was never given any uh, opportunity to get a good hearing. So that's a, that's a kind of sad uh, unsuccessful attempt on my part to break into an establishment, and I frankly admit that I failed. It got no attention whatsoever. And then I got into quantum activism, and that, of course, is a very viable movement right now, so I'm very grateful for that. And out of that, uh, then came quantum economics, and as you said, just very timely. And let's get into the, the question of elitism, because everybody talks about elitism right now, and um, let's talk about it a little bit because this is the primary season and we'll have the democratic debate tomorrow, I suppose. Republicans are hopeless because they are still stuck in feudal economics. So if anybody is interested in the quantum, do not vote Republican. It's totally dead end. They are totally into a feudal worldview where elitism is the basis of it. You are in no more entitled to uh, money and power um, as the serfs of the uh, 14th, 12th century. Uh, that is their view, basically. Nobody would put it that way, of course, except maybe Donald Trump. But, um, but that is the truth. The right. Democrats are better, but nevertheless, Democrats are also stuck with scientific materialism, this idea that everything is matter, and they need to come out of that. Um, and it is your pressure, it's your attention that's going to do it, uh, work on them. So what is special about quantum worldview that is uh, truly a killer of elitism? Because quantum, quantum, activism, quantum economics makes it clear from the get-go that the worldview is not a worldview of equality. All humans are not created equal. That was a mistake that our founding fathers made because they didn't know that is the religious worldview sounds like that. But that is just not the case. Quantum physics says all human beings are of equal potentiality. I hope you see the difference. I do. I definitely do. And if you want to elaborate on that a little more for, the, for our audience, please do. Exactly. So let's elaborate. Now, equal potentiality means that if you are ready to be creative, if you are ready to work hard, now remember this working hard part is already included in the American dream, the people where people put it. 
That's why Democrats also put it, even Republicans put it that way. That if you work hard enough, you should be rewarded. It's no longer true. But every politician puts it that way, at least. Mm -hmm. But even that is really not true. If you work hard enough, no, you cannot catch up. You have to work hard enough, but you also have to work creatively. Because it's your potentiality where you are equal to the others. A rich person, a Donald Trump or anybody else, Bill Gates, is not any richer than you in terms of creativity. He or she does not have any more creativity than you do, in principle. Mm -hmm. But in practice, of course, you don't pursue creativity because you are not given the knowledge that creativity is accessible to everyone. This is the quantum knowledge. This is the new knowledge that shows like this are, thankfully, um, uh, spreading and hopefully it, it, it will get to the uh, get to people people like all the listeners here uh, sooner or later creativity is available for everyone and it can lead you to fulfillment of human potential and this potentiality is available also for everyone so therefore there is no need for elitism fundamentally in the quantum worldview once you see that your creativity is as potent as anybody else's creativity. That it is not uh, equality but equal potentiality that you are guaranteed with and therefore it is that which is the purpose of democracy to give you equal potentiality and how to fulfill it, the scope for being creative. And this I can tell you freely as an American that America, our country, gives us that America is, is based on principles which are very conducive to creativity. So if you want to be creative, you don't have to be stuck in elitism. You can go wherever you want to go. And I think that's why they call America the lucky country and everyone wants to move here because of the creativity and the freedom that we have in being fully expressed within limits. But there's ways to get where you want to go creatively, as you said. So mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Excellent. I wanted to, in, for you to enlighten us with your exuberant optimism. Economics of consciousness, which you believe is the roadmap to, to creating an economy of sustainability that actually prevents economic meltdowns that, and that once and for all eliminates poverty and hunger. And I typed up my little steps, okay? So mm -hmm. let's give, I'm going to ask you to give details. So I've got the seven steps. Remedy for business cycles and for preventing economic meltdowns. Can you give details on that for our audience, please? Okay, the economic meltdowns take place because of the present situation where the financial banking economy is much bigger than the conventional production consumption part of the economy. When Adam Smith in the 18th century was introducing capitalism in theory in his book, The Wealth of Nations, beautiful book by the way, uh, very readable, uh, he was not thinking of financial banking. This is a new creation. Mm. In, in Adam Smith's times, our concept of what is valuable was very different than it is today. At that time, what was valuable has some had some reality. This is why real estate is still called real estate, because land, property, these things have reality in the sense 
of having real values. Right. Of okay. course, today we have the financial banking systems where stocks and bonds and even derivatives of money that are called by that name, derivatives, just a promise of future, a promise of stocks will go up in value, a stomach promise about prices of commodities will go up in value, or a promise of that mortgage, housing mortgages um, are very good commodity to buy because uh, the, the housing prices will forever go up in value. This is the kind of thing, derivatives, that eventually brought down the market completely and the economy completely in the 2007-2008 recession, Great Recession. Mm -hmm. That and was a product of this ballooning quality of this kind of financial market. And let me just tell you, they definitely used some creativity to create that catastrophe, right? <laughs> yes. They certainly did. In the evil way, correct. I exactly, because there was the positive, there's the negative, and there's the neutral, and that was definitely creative in the negative way. Okay, Item number two, create, oh, go ahead, sorry. You cannot complain about the creativity of the Wall Street uh, financial wizards. I mean, no. <laughs> certainly, this idea of this CDO, the, the uh, collateralized debt obligations, as they were called, putting the mortgages all together and then making such a bundle that you can never trace what the real value of it is. I mean, that's a brilliant idea, except, of course, I, they're knowingly they knowingly cheated people because nobody nobody can predict that the housing prices will keep on increasing forever when the real value of it is always finite it's limited right but they created an impression that yes the values will go up forever prices will go up forever and therefore we can keep this balloon going forever but like all balloons it bursts eventually right. and so so it's a good thing that we become aware of it now, and now the, uh, of course, it can happen again. Don't we cannot can never be too sure. But it, there is a way that the new economic economics that I'm suggesting, quantum economics, uh, will probably block that kind of banking, maybe permanently. The reason is, quantum allows us to create a subtle part of the market. Well, subtle I was going to get subtle. there, but you're jumping right in there. Go ahead. Jump right in there because it's good. Go, go, go. Good. <laughs> you are hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go, go, go. Go into the the subtle sector. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So subtle energy starts with, with subtle, really subtle vital energy. Vital energy is not a stranger to you. But because of the scientific materialism, that worldview, we think that everything is material. So we have been led to believe for the last couple of decades that our feelings are because of our brain, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, only the brain matters. But actually, feelings does not, um, is not, does not originate in the brain. They originate in the body. And they don't originate really in the body, body, not in the molecules of the body, but because the body, the organs are associated, are with quantum physics, we use the word entangled. The organs are entangled with another body that we have called vital energy body. And it is this vital energy body that we feel. The energies of this vital energy body, that's what we feel. Now, then the question is, can we in any way 
deploy this vital energy as an economic commodity? And the answer is yes. We can extract vital energy from the plant world we can, and, and put that back in into molecules that we consume regularly. For example, I'll give you a beautiful example that everybody will recognize. You remember the vitamin C craze that took place a couple of decades ago? Yes. Linus Pauling suggested that if you take mega doses of vitamin C, it will cure your cold. And of course, people fell for that and vitamin C sold a lot, but it never did anybody much good except maybe placebo effect that did occur. Placebo effect is this idea that if you believe in something that that heals. That's an established effect and that did happen. But the reason Linus Pauling missed is not that oranges, if you eat in profusion, does not heal you. But how many oranges can you eat anyway, and if you did, you would balloon up in terms of your weight. It's not good for you, that much sugar. So it's out of the question, of course. Nobody, of, nobody would think of uh, eating dozens of oranges just because you have a cold. Um, so what is in the oranges, though, that has the healing power? Because we have made studies, and indeed, if you did eat oranges in profusion, you would get healing from the cold. What is in the oranges that is not present in the vitamin C? that is extracted from the oranges. And that's where the clue is. This is vital energy. Vital energy is associated with the oranges only in bulk form. So when you reduce the bulk form to pills of vitamin C, then the vital energy has been missing. So is there a way of putting back the vital energy? And that's what I'm claiming. Today, people have figured out how to put vital energy back into a product and therefore, we can give you vitalized vitamin C if the manufacturer is um, novel enough, is adventurous enough, is creative enough to, to do this in large scale. It really can solve the problem of catching a common cold and suffering from it. Right. And similarly, there are many, many applications of revitalizing products that we use and making it much more potent than we use them today. Right. This is one idea that can help us enormously. In right. Dr. Goswami, we're running out of time, but I want you to stay on the phone. We've got to listen to our sponsors and, um, and just listen to our sponsors for a moment. We're going to go to a commercial. Then, I want, uh, then we're going to come back and we're going to continue this. Okay, you and I. Okay. Is that okay? That's fine. Beautiful. Okay, great. So we're just going to go on quick break. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone? Even when you're surrounded by others, do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
Our world is shrinking. We get information across the planet as fast and as easily as across the street. Lately, it seems as if none of it is good. The world has become so addicted to negativity, fear, drama, and our kids are learning fast. Are you worried about your teen? Do you know where they are, who they're with, and what they're really up to? Power of Peace Radio tackles real issues that are changing the minds of the next generation. Get involved in the conversation on Monday evenings with Kit Cummings. Pop Radio is about interrupting and redirecting those who are on a dangerous course and bringing light into dark places with powerful topics and real stories. We bring hope to those who need it most because hope is the new dope. Power of Peace Radio, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Quantum Connection. Exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. To reach the program today, please call in to one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to info at marinarosequdna.com Now, back to Quantum Connection Exploring Health, Science, and Spirit Welcome back everyone to Quantum Connection Radio Show where we explore health, science, and spirit to accelerate your path to extraordinary living. We do have Dr. Amit Goswami back with us because we are having a fabulous time. Are you there, Dr. Amit Goswami? Yes. Fabulous. So we finished off, where we left off was vital energy. And it's interesting that you bring that up and you believe that it's going to be the biggest growth engine for the 21st century, which is so exciting because... For me, I've been in the subtle energy body healing arts officially 23 years, unofficially from the day I was conceived. And I know you're not talking about that sort of subtle body, but it's still subtle body work. You know, when you talk about the heart and just all energy work. So like for my practice with QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, it's going through huge quantum leaps as the old fixed Newtonian medical model is being stunted but it by its own outdated internal stronghold. And the pharmaceutical companies, they're kind of being stunted because people are wanting to go towards the vital energy products, whether it's essential oils, whether it's, you know, infused, um, infused, tonics, whether it's a drink or stuff like that. So I think it's wonderful that you really do see that, that that is going to be the model that you see really growing. So I'd like you to share with our audience a little bit about that, please. Yes, the big big progress in vital energy that we have made uh, recently is, of course, first to recognize that with the quantum worldview, with consciousness-mediating interaction between vital energy body and the physical body, there really isn't any scientific objection anymore of how vital energy can even exist. We are now in a 
position to understand clearly how vital energy does exist, how it has a definite place to uh, play in our lives, and how we can ourselves become privileged to uh, get vital energy to play more and more important role in our life. You already mentioned the heart. Heart is part of the chakra system. Mm -hmm. Just as we have the um, uh, spine in our physical body, along the spine, there are these connections to the vital energy body that the Easterners call chakra. These connections are something that we have forgotten um, the existence of. We have, of course, we talk about the heart constantly, but you know, as scientific materialists, uh, do you really believe that there is real energy that you feel in the heart? No, you probably believe it comes from the brain, somehow we feel it in the heart. No, it's not like that. We really feel it in the heart, uh, and the brain does interfere with that and makes us forget the body connection. But if you are sensitive, you can pick up not only the heart, you can pick up the other chakras. There is one very important one in the navel. Uh, there is very important one in the root. Uh, there is also very important chakras in the throat, in the brow, between the uh, eyebrows, mm -hmm. called the chakra or the third eye because it, it talks about creativity and intuition. And then overall the the brain itself is the center of a chakra as well, and that's a very important chakra too, called the crown chakra. So if you wake up to these chakras, then you will see the importance of these feelings in your life, and as you activate, learn to activate these chakras, your life will just become much more creative than it is today. So um, how do you get into these chakras? Well. The natural resources that we have, namely, mainly we eat uh, plants. Um, animals have, they're too specialized in terms of vital energies, so the animal body does not contribute very much in terms of vital energies that are deployable. But the plants provide us a huge source of vital energy. And then the next good source of vital energy is, of course, human beings themselves. People who know how to love, their heart chakra is active. And if you are in the proximity of such people, then you also feel the love. And I'm going to stop you right there because okay. I see that that combustion happen all the time. It's like I have clients that get referred to me because they've gotten insanely brilliant results. Then the next person that comes in, when I explain to them what I'm going to be doing, they don't quite believe it because they're fixed in that old Newtonian model. But right. yet, when I just be quiet and go into my heart and just touch them with just my hand, cells, my cells talking to them, I'm reprogramming them just by touching them with my hand, maybe on their knee or their hand. And it just, there's total coherence in their whole system, and then they understand. So I wanted to interject that. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you for interjecting. But mm -hmm. you are precisely what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, these, these, these people, Marina is one, they are what I call human capital. And you can learn to be human capital too. This is the uh, open secret today. If you um, read quantum economics and other books and researches are coming up every day, you will find that you know, people are discovering new ways of activating these chakras. And when you have um, heart chakra activated, you too will be able to 
give love to others to the extent of establishing much needed balance in their body and brain and mind and body. And uh, uh, this has tremendous healing potential and tremendous economic potential because healing is very costly today. The, at allopathic medicine, as you know, conventional medicine, that really does not provide healing. It cures symptoms temporarily, uh, but pharmaceuticals do not heal. They don't have the power because the chronic disease that we suffer, the origin of chronic disease, that is not in the physical domain of reality. Origin of chronic disease is in the vital, the mental, or even higher domains of reality. And it is these dimensions of reality that we, are, we have access to, our vital body, our mental body, our body that goes beyond the mind called supramental body, and even a, the total consciousness that we are at the uh, deepest uh, level of consciousness. Even that um, we can connect to, and if we don't connect to it, regularly, like sleep potentially can connect it to us, but if we don't sleep regularly, as you know, everybody gets sick. So all these connections are very important to keep active, keep alive. The aliveness that you feel is when these connections are intact. When you lose these connections, we become sick, we become diseased, we are ill, we are not feeling well. So this is this is part of the this health part of the uh, subtle economy is perhaps the quickest one that is already happening and it will happen in much more uh, accelerated rate as we develop the alternative economies more. But there is much more to it than that. Mental meaning, uh, the the supramental values, those are also can be uh, economic commodities. And when these things happen, we will. Uh, find something strange that is taking place in our mindset. You know, today the biggest problem of sustainability, that is the question, by the way, Marina, that we started. So let me go back to that just for a moment. Okay. We, what is the difficulty of, of, of creating a sustainable economy? If you look at ourselves, you know, the basic problem is we have developed a standard of living that just cannot be sustained. Too much energy we spend, too much fossil fuel we spend that causes global warming, and we just cannot keep on doing it. Okay, so there are sustainable energy, solar energy, wind energy, I'm a big supporter of all that. But the truth is that, yes, that can solve the energy problem a little bit, but really doesn't ultimately. Because human beings go on expanding, you know, population, and we need more and more energy, and standard of living, if it goes up more and more, especially if the countries, African countries, India, Brazil, these countries catch up, China, if these countries catch up in standard of living to the West, then we're just talking about expansion of such a magnitude that we cannot possibly sustain that kind of standard of living for the whole earth. So we have to find ways to reduce. This is the key to sustainability. Now I'll tell you the secret. The secret is when you become privileged to enjoy vital energy at the higher chakras, when you have the privilege of becoming a human capital that you can yourself not only provide yourself 
a feeling of positive health, positive mental health, but you can induce this positive health, positive mental health in others, in your environment. At that point, a strange thing happens to you, which is that you don't need the base level stuff, the material stuff to consume. You reduce those con consumption for the first time in your life. Your life becomes simple. You don't really need anymore huge consumptions in the material domain. I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's very interesting because when we become heart-centered and we are, as you say, we become that human capital that we're able just to produce and create and really heal people and give them the quality of life that, as you said, also the pharmaceutical companies are kind of putting a Band-Aid on the actual issue and not really healing the person. What happens is you give them a new lease of life and then you just ask them, what a, who are you trying to be? Like, why do we have to keep up with the Joneses? Live your life coming from your heart, from your cells, your DNA, really get in touch with who you are and why do you need to keep keeping up with the Joneses in the sense of, oh, I want two cars, three cars, four cars, five cars. I mean, that's pretty outrageous, you know, that we have in America where people have so many cars. And, Absolutely. And, and, and look, I mean, oh, we, go ahead. We, 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 um, we um, feel bad. And what do we do with dealing with the ennui? We go to the store and buy ourselves another pair of shoes. Well, now, what's the necessity of buying shoes when you know that you can go to a person that you know or go to yourself? if you become human capital yourself. But isn't it much better to pay um, a person a $100 fee for a half an hour, um, uh, his company or her company, than to pay $200 for a pair of shoes or $500 if you really, really go classy? And many people do today. Uh, so this is this type of thing that automatically happens to you when you start. You don't even have to become human capital. All you have to become is a creative person who is going towards becoming a human capital. In other words, as you start consuming these subtle energies, vital energy, mental meaning, and spiritual values, as you start consuming them, you already reduce your need for the basic physical stuff. This is this was discovered not by me, by the way. This was discovered by Abraham Maslow in the 60s. Can you believe that? It oh, has no, I can. And I was going to bring him up because he talks about... Um, he talks about the hierarchy and... Um, the hierarchy of needs. And when our material needs are satisfied, we yearn for higher needs, more like love. And that is so true. We don't have to do retail therapy, you know. We don't have to do retail therapy and just, you know, buy, 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 buy. The, the, now, you touched on something that I wanted to bring up earlier, and you went very deep, very quickly, and I wanted to keep you in that deep place. But I also want to talk to you about sustainability. In America, for instance, well, actually, I think it's worldwide. Okay, maybe not worldwide, but okay, let's just talk about America. There, you, there 
are products that you can literally buy that are disposable. Like think of furniture, you use them once or twice or three times, four times, and they're broken because they're cheap and nasty, right? And then there's electronics that break down almost immediately since you buy them unless you buy really good, high-end quality. Otherwise, everything else is kind of disposable. That, to me, is a throwaway society, and that doesn't create sustainability. That's just making someone rich with, and it's talking about that business integrity that you talk about in your book. There is no integrity with that when you are making a sub-quality product, but it is cheaper. So what are your thoughts on that? Yes, absolutely. You're completely right, of course. And Okay, so we've, we're coming to a close, Dr. Um, Goswami. Okay. Um, so I want to thank you so much for coming on our show. I'm sorry if we ran out of time again. You're such a delight, and I would love to have you back on the show, if you don't mind. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Thank you for sharing your passion, your heart, your soul, and the depth of care that you have for all of humanity. Thank you for writing all your books. And I'm grateful to have this slice of life with you. And I'm so thrilled to share this show and its documented now treasured archives for our future listeners. Thank you so much, Dr. Goswami. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for enjoying Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. Please join us again for another edition of the program next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your DNA, instantly change your life.